Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, parents, and friends. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features Derek Allridge and Johari Harris from UVA School of Education and Human Development. Derek Allridge is a professor of education and an affiliate faculty member in the Carter G. Woodson Institute for African-American and African Studies. His work examines American education with a focus on African-American education and the civil rights movement. Johari Harris is a research assistant professor whose research is grounded in intersectionality, developmental psychology, and social psychology theories. In this podcast, Professors Allridge and Harris will speak with us about Educating for Democracy, an online resource hub that offers a range of teaching tools for the K-12 setting, including developmentally appropriate lessons that interrogate issues of race, justice, and human welfare in the United States by connecting the full story of the past with current events. So thank you, Jarek and Jahari, for being here today. I'm really interested in diving into this topic. Thanks for having us. Yes, Great. we're excited to be here. Great. So let's start with how and when this program got started, and then how long did it take to pull all these resources together? So I'll start. Um, I, w- I would say that the events of August 11 and 12th, uh, here in Charlottesville of 2017 were pivotal, in, uh, were pivotal events in the development of the Educating for Democracy curriculum. Shortly after those events, Dean Bob Pianta in the School of Education and Human Development um, and I and a, number of the, of the other, and a number of other faculty, including Nancy Deutsch, decided that we wanted to do something in terms of engaging issues of race, culture, class, social justice, civil rights, etc. And we came up with this idea that perhaps we should develop a curriculum that would address these issues. And this curriculum would be very useful to K through 12 teachers. So shortly after that, we were uh, blessed, so to speak, to receive a large grant from Bank of America to begin work on that. And we started looking for a person who could spearhead this work for us. And we need to find a perfect person because we were really serious about engaging these issues. And lo and behold, who do we find? Mm-hmm. Professor Jahari Harris. I mean, she brought you know the credentials to, to the job. A former uh, public school teacher, uh, well-versed in history. She has her uh, PhD. And uh, so we, we, we brought her on and we turned it over to her. And over the last 18 months, I think it's 18 months, uh, Dr. Harris has brought together a team of uh, graduate students, uh, undergraduate students, and other staff to develop this very robust curriculum that really engages the issues that I just mentioned. So I, I, we can really trace the development of the curriculum back to those events uh, here in Charlottesville. Yeah, and I will just add, um, so, you know, my background is as a teacher and my degree is in educational psychology with a real focus on the development of science behind how kids understand their kind of racial ethnic identity. And so when kind of tasked with a project, I really thought, you know, we often talk about 
the developmental science between behind learning reading and learning math. And so I was like, well, what does that look like when it comes to learning about these social issues? Like how does a kindergartner versus a middle schooler versus a high schooler think about like race and racism and injustice? And, and it's through that lens that we kind of developed this work of like, how do we do this in developmentally appropriate ways that position students as like really active learners in the process, the meaning making process and giving them materials that meet um, their social cognitive needs, so to speak, with that kind of critical historical lens, because we know, you know, all history isn't built the same. <laughs> so how do we make sure we give students um, the fullness of American history to understand the events of the present? And I think that's what made uh, what what made Jahari and I really work well together. We we work well together because I bring the perspective of a critical historian uh, to the project. Uh, Professor Harris brings the perspective of also critical history and educational psychology. And blending these two fields and disciplines has really led to, to, to engaging curriculum. So I, I can't speak enough about that interdisciplinary nature of the development of the curriculum. Great, wonderful. Um, having conversations about race and inequality can be difficult for people of any age. And I really appreciate how you provide many tools and suggestions about how to approach the dialogue. For example, there's a, a nine tips for engaging in communicative discourse. Can you talk about some of those resources and the importance of laying the groundwork for those discussions within the classroom? Yeah, sure. So the, um, one of the foundational theories of this work is social cognitive domain theory. And in that, it really speaks to the different ways um, children and adolescents understand their kind of social knowledge. And we were particularly interested in how they reason about issues of human welfare and justice, as well as how they reason about social norms. And so within social cognitive domain theory, it kind of sets forth that the way um, children and adolescents develop in um, complexity around these thoughts is through peer-to-peer -peer discussion. So that's like the first major things. It's not something where teachers should just be inputting this knowledge into students, which we traditionally see. It's like telling students, okay, this is what social justice is. This is what it's not. And within um, social cognitive domain theory, it's really like kids are co-constructing this knowledge together. And they're doing it through these transactive discussions or communicative dialogue where they're working together to build the best argument rather than this kind of traditional debate where the person wins, you know, and it's like this one student pitted against another student and who has the best argument where it's much more collective process. And I think one of the really key elements of this is listening. And, you know, students really have to get into this practice of listening and learning other people's perspectives and then supporting kind of how do you extend this perspective? How do you refute it? How do you find the commonalities? And that is what we really wanted to provide support in because, you know, as a former teacher for myself, like that's not automatic and it's not innate in students, but it's also central to like this kind of larger aim of democracy and citizenship of like, how do we work collectively to build solutions to complex problems? And so that's really that, um, you know, we have a whole page dedicated, not just to the tips for communicative discourse, also games you could pay. So at kindergarten, it looks like a telephone game because, <laughs> you know, for first graders, that's hard. Like, can you get to the right um, to the right answer? At the end? But whereas at high school, there's activities where they 
consider two two very different perspectives about a current event. And then they must kind of work collaboratively to find the solution or what they think the best um, position on the issue is. So, yeah, I think, I mean, the big thing is none of this is automatic. You know, it's something that requires practice and it's a skill building. Like it's, it's very much a skill. And um, we want to make sure teachers have the tools in place to help their students build this skill because we don't think the materials can be as effective without it. Right. Actually, reading through it, I thought that this would be good stuff for even adults having these conversations. We could lay those groundworks and really be upfront about what our discourse would be that would help adults a lot in these kinds of conversations. So I have to say I'm 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 going to remember some of that stuff for myself. So that's great. So the program provides toolkits and lesson plans for teachers that are geared towards different ages. You talked about that a little bit. Can you, but you can talk about, can you please talk about those aspects of the program a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper into that? So, yeah, so, so talk about the materials for K-12 or materials for teachers. Right, right. Materials for K-12. So sure. So um, from like K from K to five, we have standalone lesson plans um, built off of like single sing, single books from um, literature, and it we made sure to identify books that um, discussed or examined people who've been marginalized because of their racial ethnic identity. Like you know, our thread through this project is race, and we realize there are a lot of different issues that America needs to tackle, but. <laughs> we, that race is kind of one of these, it's continuing to be the central defining feature of American life. And so with that, in these standalone books, some of it is historical fiction, some of it is nonfiction. Like we have a book, uh, a a realistic fiction book about the Japanese internment camps. We have books from the civil rights movement. So those are just kind of examples. And then what the teachers have are scripted lesson plans, as well as the developmentally appropriate discussion questions on, you know, engaging students in these conversations with peers. Like how, what, what questions should you be asking them to then let them work through in groups? And it's a little different from K-12 because, you know, the way K-12 classrooms are often set up, you know, you're doing a lot of reading on the rug, and you know, so we understand that. So it's, that's, you know, it makes since in many ways that, you know, if the teacher's leading the questions and you can turn and talk to your partner or the teacher might lead the discussion to a degree. But once you get to third through fifth grade, that's really work they can do in kind of small groups and independently. Whereas middle school, our middle and high school are both more integrated units. So they focus on a particular topic in history and how it relates to current events. So one topic with middle school is looking at Black power movements over time. So starting with kind of the SNCC and Black Panthers and moving to the Black Lives Matter movement of today and resources related to these topics and associated questions, um, associated developmentally appropriate questions. Whereas high school is similarly set up in that, like, you know, these kind of larger questions um, linking the past to the present. But the focus is really through the legal system and policies because you know, developmental science tells us at the high school level, they can really understand this dynamic interplay between self of society. And we believe that the legal system in particular is one of these key factors in shaping how we relate to each other through race. And so helping students unpack that and one 
unit, for example, is on um, the housing, housing discrimination and reparations. There's been a lot of conversation recently for reparations for Black Americans. But to understand reparations, you need to understand how Black Americans were locked out of housing and locked out of the ability to buy houses and therefore build generational wealth through the legal system. If it was not for the legal system, it would not be as effective as it was. So that's just kind of an example of the different approaches we took for middle and high school. And then the last kind of element we have are these profiles of resistance. And so there's been research that shows that when you... um, have a marginalized group or have any group kind of read about the moral exemplar, so to speak, or the people who've done incredible things from different membership groups on their own, it can really affect a positive feeling towards this other group. And so we really wanted to focus on people who have done incredible things things for the kind of movement towards justice, but who are often not talked about. So we know a lot about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, but we know much less about, say, Shirley Chisholm or Ella Baker. And so how do we, like, so there's like these one pages provided, these like kind of short biographies referred to as profiles of resistance that allow students to kind of engage with these um, actors who had such a big impact um, on today, and we have those kind of scheduled out, or not scheduled out, we have those grouped by um, the civil rights era as well as the progressive era. So those are the kind of two eras we focused on. I'd like to just um, add on to the profiles of resistance section of the website, which is my favorite section for many reasons. Over the last, um, I'd say two decades, historians have uh, begun to explore the the contributions of lesser known figures uh, in the civil rights movement and in social justice movements. And, um, you know, teachers really resonate to this part of the website. I would say that this is probably one of the most popular parts of the website that we hear teachers give us feedback on. So you'll have someone like September Clark, who many people have never heard before, heard of before, but she was considered the mother of the movement by Dr. King and played a very active um, role in the educational component and building out the educational components of the civil rights movement. You have Bayard Rustin, who was very instrumental in helping Dr. King organize the March on Washington. Many people have never heard about it. Bayard Rustin would later go on and become a major figure in the gay rights movement. Then, of course, you have Fannie Lou Hamer, a middle-aged black woman who played a very important uh, role and the development of the Mississippi Democratic Freedom Party, as well as in developing the objectives for Freedom Summer in 1964. So we look at our um, curriculum, Educating for Democracy, as kind of a grassroots, bottom-up curriculum rather than a teleological, top-down history. Right, yeah, I really, myself, spent some time looking through the profiles of resistance and um, and I, I, and I was really interested in that. And one of my, uh, somebody that I've always admired is Dorothy Height. And I think you had some information on her. I, I, I was able to hear her speak. She's just such an inspiring person. So and I think that, again, that section can be something that um, I know that I'll be looking at again and that I'll, I'll point other people to. I just think that's really great and, um, and an important way to bring the information through. So, so finally, really... Uh, how are these resources that are being provided and educating for democracy being received in the schools? You know, what what are you hearing um, from the schools and the implementation? 
Yeah, so we've heard really positive things so far. You know, we've um, got it out on different kind of social media channels and then different networks. You know, a lot of us come from schools and so just kind of reconnecting with people. And um, we've heard really, really positive things, really positive feedback. Um, You know, I've definitely heard um, about the elementary school lessons being implemented, profiles of resistance. I can imagine middle school and high school might be a little trickier because it's something you've got to integrate into an existing like scope and sequence. Um, but yeah, so far, um, really great. And yeah, I will note with like the profiles of resistance, that is the element of the site that isn't just focused on people who have resisted racial injustice. It's also people who have, you know, fought for the LGBTQ plus community, people who fought for women's rights. So that's a larger range. And so we've definitely got really positive feedback on that area. And the social justice, there's a social justice guide, which we've gotten positive feedback on where you can kind of search other curriculum. So we realize like our, you know, we're just like a small piece of this larger puzzle of work doing Um, this really great stuff related to social justice and education. And so the ability for teachers to find other kind of resources that might work for them has been well-received. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Derek and Jahari, for sharing your knowledge and expertise. And and thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, We will make sure to include the link for Educating for Democracy's website on our Lifetime Learning website. For upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs, please visit our website at alumni.virginia.edu backslash learn. We look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs.